we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I think that's a wonderful reminder for us, don't you? As we begin this new year, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, <clears throat> excuse me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, would you pray with me? Father, thank you that we can come together to your word today, and I pray that we would be encouraged and instructed, that we would be strengthened, that we would be convicted uh, by your word today. May the Holy Spirit open our eyes that we might receive wondrous things from thy law. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I want you to notice this phrase that we find in verse number four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I want you to note those words, I will fear no evil. I want to speak to you on this subject this morning, a new year with no fear. A new year with no fear. Now, we all have moments when we fear. It seems that at times fear overtakes us. I believe it is natural, no doubt, for us to be fearful at times. But we who know the Lord do not have to remain in a state of fear. We do not have to live in an attitude of fearfulness. In fact, we can respond to our fear uh, with faith. Faith is simply believing God and trusting God. We note here the opening statement in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I want you to know that the entirety of, of this psalm, the entirety of it, uh, relies, it hinges upon this opening statement. The Lord is my shepherd. If the, any other thing is going to apply to your life from this psalm, then it must begin with this opening statement, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, we, we, it's not enough for us to say that the Lord is a shepherd. That's what the world would say about him. That's what other religions would say about him. He, he is a shepherd. He is one of the teachers. <laughs> it's not just simply enough to say he is the shepherd, although he is the shepherd. Uh, no, you need to be able to say this. He is my shepherd. That speaks of a relationship, a personal relationship. And if you're here this morning and you have never entered into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know that he desires to enter into that relationship with you. 
He desires it so that he left heaven and came to this earth and lived a perfect, sinless, righteous life and then laid that life down upon the cross of Calvary, bearing your sin and mine in his body. He died for us. On the third day, he arose again, and he offers salvation to all who will believe upon him. The only way that you can enter into this relationship with the Lord as being your personal shepherd is to confess your sin and to confess that he is the Son of God and to call upon him by faith. You see, you're not born as a believer. You must be born again, Jesus said. You haven't always been a Christian. I've heard people use that language before. There must be a time and a place where we enter into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. If we have entered into that relationship, then we can boldly say, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm not here alone. I'm not trying to figure this thing out on my own. I have a shepherd who is watching over me. Now, we know that David was the human penman uh, for this psalm, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write it. But writing it in the context of the experiences of his own life, and if you'll remember that David was a shepherd, he took care of his father's sheep, He protected them against the lion and the bear. That was his own testimony in uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 17. He fed them. He sustained them. And David began to think, no doubt, uh, about the fact that he was like that helpless little lamb out in the darkness, out in the night, an easy victim of the enemy, the adversary, the roaring lion were it not for the shepherd who watched over him and who protected him and who led him. And so David boldly says here, the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that with confidence this morning? If not, I want to encourage you before you live another day in 2022, ask the Lord to be your savior. Come to him and confess him and enter into his fold. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. What a, what a precious promise. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. I got some good news for you. If you know the Lord as your Savior, he is your shepherd, and you hear his voice, and he knows you. He knows you personally. He loves you, and he cares for you. The Bible tells us that we follow him. We're not here to figure it out on our own. We're not here to carve our own way through life. No, we are here simply following our shepherd. And he says this. He says, they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What a wonderful promise. We are in the hand of a loving God. We're in the hand of our shepherd, and there is no one who can reach into that hand and pull us away from him. Nothing, Paul says, can separate us from the love of God. But we understand that we live in a nation that is filled with fear. 
And as we enter into the uncertainty of 2022, I want to encourage you as God's people, don't be filled with fear, but be filled with faith in your shepherd. Now, Chapman University conducts an annual survey of the fears of Americans, and they identified 95 different fears that Americans have. And uh, this most recent survey was conducted in January of 2021. I won't read all 95, but I will give you the top 10. Number one, corrupt government officials. 80% of Americans fear corrupt government officials. Number two, the death of a loved one. Number three, a loved one contracting the coronavirus. Number four, a loved one becoming seriously ill. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, it doesn't say that the top 10 fears is that an individual would get the virus or an individual would themselves die, but they are concerned and fearful that a loved one would die or get sick. Number five, widespread civil unrest. We've watched that happen in our nation for over a year now a year and a half, widespread civil unrest, crime on every corner. Number six, a pandemic or a major epidemic. Well, we hear about a pandemic every day, do we not? We cannot escape it. Now the Omicron variant dominates the news, and Americans are filled with fear. Number seven, economic or financial collapse. Well, that's a real concern, isn't it? And uh, we see our government spending money, maybe making it as they spend it, and uh, with very, very unwise financial decisions and policies in place. We see inflation on the increase, and we begin to wonder. We begin to be concerned. We begin to fear. Number eight, cyber terrorism. I thought that was interesting, cyber terrorism. Uh, the ability of people to hack into computer systems that uh, could cause great disruptions in anything from our utilities to um, uh, our financial services, cyber terrorism. Number nine, pollution of oceans, rivers, and lakes. That's a concern, and we hear much about global warming these days and climate change. And then number 10, biological warfare. Those are the top 10 fears uh, on the hearts and minds of American people as they entered into this most recent year. Now, why are Americans so fearful? Well, I think that's a good question, don't you? Why are we in such a state of fear? Well, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Proverbs. You're in the Psalms. Just go over, if you would, to the Proverbs and find chapter number 1. Proverbs chapter number 1 and verse number 20. As we come to the Proverbs, we find that it is... It is um, uh, the, the, a book of wisdom, a practical book. And it is written from a father to a son. He is handing down practical truth to his son. And uh, in verse number 20 of chapter number 1, he uses wisdom as a, uh, he, he, he identifies wisdom rather as a person. In, in this context, as a woman. Uh, just to help us understand, 
how wisdom is working and how wisdom is being neglected in our country and in our world. He says in verse 20, wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the street. So the comparison is made, of course. Uh, making her plea, uh, giving out her wisdom in the chief place of concourse. Proof, here we have the picture now. People are going about in darkness and in foolishness, uh, and, and, and wisdom is crying out to people as they're passing by and saying, heed my words, listen to me. I want to bless you. But the people in their foolishness have refused. They have not regarded the word of God. Verse 25, they have set at naught all the counsel of wisdom. It sounds just like our nation, doesn't it? It's had such a wonderful Christian beginning, but now has turned its back on God, has removed the word of God and the truth of God from every arena of public life, even to the point now where we no longer uh, recognize that men are men and women are women. Imagine the situation we have fallen into. Now, notice that as a result of the fact that the world has rejected the wisdom of God, what comes upon the world? Notice in verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamity, your trouble. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer, for they shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. If any statement uh, reflects spiritual condition of our nation, it's what we just read. Our nation has despised the counsel of God. It has, doesn't that describe our uh, financial and economic situation? Doesn't that describe uh, our moral situation here in America? And as a result of that, fear cometh, and fear is here. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, the path of the justice is the shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. It's amazing to watch what's happening in our, in our nation, to listen to our leaders, to listen to people who are supposed to be solving problems, groping in the darkness trying to grasp a hold of this policy or that policy and, 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 and contradicting one another. What are they doing? They're walking in darkness. And the reason they're walking in darkness is because they have turned from the light. And people are afraid of the dark. But I have some good news for you. We are not children of the night. We're children of the day. And we are not to walk in darkness. We are to walk in light. And David, though he's passing through this dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death, the cold winds are howling. He can hear the voices of predators as they're crying out, the lions that are roaring and the wolves that are howling. He said, I will 
fear no evil, for thou art with me. I want you to know that God is with us. And we have his truth. And we have his light. And may God help us to walk in it. I want to give you three truths that I want you to remember. I want you to hold to. I want you to embrace them in your heart. Three truths to remember as we walk into this new year. Number one, be confident in the shepherd's provision. Be confident in the shepherd's provision. Notice what the psalmist says here in verse number one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, because he is my shepherd, because I am his sheep, because I know him, here's one thing I know. There's nothing I'm going to need that he doesn't supply. The Bible said, but my God shall supply all your need according to what, church? His riches in glory. I want you to know God's bank is not affected uh, by the stock market. Inflation never comes to God's bank. I shall not want. Now, that means I can be confident in the shepherd's provision. We're entering into a new year. There's uh, coronavirus and Omicron variant, and who knows what the next one will be, and all, all sorts of bad news around the corner. And, and we begin to wonder, well, what's going to happen to our economy? What's going to happen to us? Are we going to be able to make it? Is my retirement going to hold up? Uh, are the interest rates going to increase? And we get all these thoughts in our mind, and we're overcome with fear if we're not careful. But we can be confident in the Lord's provision. Now, notice what he says. <coughs> Excuse me, in verse number two. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Well, the first thing he provides for me is rest. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be careful for anything. But in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, uh, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, we just looked through that in Philippians chapter 4, standing firm, and uh, may God help us to stand firm. But I don't have to live in anxiety and care. I can rest in the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you rest in your soul. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31, Jesus said, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? What were the people concerned about? Well, they were concerned about how they were going to live, what they were going to eat, you know, how they were going to be clothed, uh, how they were going to make their house payment, the car payment. They were concerned about those things. Jesus said in verse 32, For after all these things did the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. The things that preoccupy your mind that you worried about, maybe that God you think has forgotten, let me encourage you this morning, he knows exactly what you need. And he's your shepherd, right? And the shepherd takes care of the sheep. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself itself. 
Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what's going to happen in, 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 in the spring or in the summer or in the fall. He said, that doesn't help you. Understand that God knows what you need. He loves you, and he has promised to supply your need. There's no reason for me to take thought and be anxious. I can rest in the Lord. May God help us to rest. Now, there are moments when we get restless, right? There are moments when we get anxious. There are moments when we get fearful. But in those moments, we must learn to go to the Lord and receive his rest. Well, not only do we get rest from the shepherd, but we receive refreshment from the shepherd. He, uh, the Bible says, maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You know what's in the green pasture for the sheep? Well, that's the place to feed. That's the place to be strengthened. Uh, those still waters, well, that's a place to drink. That's a place to be refreshed. John six thirty five. Jesus said, and he that believeth on me, shall never thirst. In him, he said, are waters of life that spring up into life everlasting. A friend, we have the supply of the Holy Spirit in us. We are the children of God, and we can be refreshed in the midst of this dry desert land of a world in which we live. So there is rest, there is refreshment, then there's restoration. He restoreth my soul. He brings back my soul. I can get discouraged, I can get fearful, but I can go to him and he will restore, he will bring back my soul. And then there's the road that we travel. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I'm glad that I don't, I'm not here to figure this out on my own or to navigate my own way through life. I am here simply to follow my shepherd. Oh, we ought to follow him. We ought to follow him. That means we have to obey him. We have to obey him. And as we obey him, as we follow him, as we walk with him in his word, he will lead us in the paths of righteousness. So I don't have to fear in the new year, number one, because I can be confident in the shepherd's provision. God's going to take care of me. Number two, I can be comforted in the shepherd's presence. I can be comforted in the shepherd's presence. Notice again in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Boy, that's a lonely place, isn't it? That's a dreadful place. That's a chilly place. That's a fearful place. And it's dark. You know, when you're in that valley, you can't see the sun, the valley of the shadow of death. That shadow looms dark. And here we are. We're following our shepherd. And if we're not careful as the cold winds blow and as the wolves howl in the background, we hear a noise and we think, is this it? Is he coming? Am, am I done for? Our feet get a little, uh, the ground underneath our feet gets a little shaky at times. And we begin to wonder, are we going to fall? You know what happens? We forget something very important that we need to remember every day, and that is that the Lord is with us. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. There's never a moment when he's not with you. There's no trial that you'll ever go through where he's not with you. And he's promised to take care of all your needs. All of us will walk through the valley of the shadow of death unless the Lord comes. 
We'll all walk through there. But the good news is we'll walk through there. We won't stay there. He will lead us through that valley. And he has a home awaiting us, which is a far greater place for us to be. That's what Paul said. He said, it would be far greater for me to depart and go to the world to come, the place that the Lord has prepared. So, yes, we're walking through this valley, but we can fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Notice this, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod and the staff, those are two instruments that the shepherd has with him. Now, what is that rod for? Well, I want to tell you what it's for. It is to protect the sheep. It's to drive away the enemy. Uh, have you taken a walk through your neighborhood and found one of those ferocious dogs who likes to nip at your heels and chase you? Some of you have experienced that, right? Well, just carry a big stick. Carry a big stick. By the way, don't hit the neighbor's dog, all right? I don't want any letters. But carry a big stick. And uh, as, as I've been prone to pick on chihuahuas in the past, I'll pick on them now. If you have a chihuahua, you can forgive me. I think most of them, if not all of them, are demon-possessed. But <laughs> those dogs, those little dogs get very bold, right? And they run after you. It's always those nippy little ones. You say, well, what makes you an expert? Well, I'll tell you, I delivered packages for UPS for a number of years. So I'm, I'm familiar with these things. I also have the spirit of discernment, and I know those chihuahuas are demon-possessed. I don't need a letter or an email, by the way. You can disagree. But you carry a rod. You carry a big stick. They might bark, but they can't get too close to you. Why? Because they're afraid they're going to get hit with that rod. Let me tell you that our shepherd has a big rod. And though the enemy howls and he barks and he chases, he can't hurt us. He can't hurt us because our shepherd has a rod and he protects us. He watches over us. Not only does he use that rod to defend us from the foe, but he uses that rod to provide assurance that we're his. You see, when the shepherd would bring his sheep into the fold, as they would come one by one through the gate and into the fold, for protection, he would count them, and as he counted them, he, they would pass under his rod, and he would just tap them ever so slightly on the back of the neck, and he would count them and call them by name. And when that rod touched the back of their necks, they knew they were accounted for. They knew they were safe. And I want you to know that we are under the rod of God's safety. We belong to him. No man can pluck us out of his hand. And then there is the staff. Well, the staff is that long, that long instrument that he carries that has the crook at the end. And with that crook, he can, he can uh, gently pull us back when we get out of line. When we get off the path, uh, he can take the crook and he can draw us back into the place where we need to be. Prone to wonder, the songwriter said, speaking of his heart. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. That defines all of us, doesn't it? But we can't get too far from the shepherd. We can't. By the way, he left the 90 and 9 to go after the one, right? 
You see, once you belong to him, he cannot forsake you. He cannot forget you. And he uses that staff to, to pull us back into line. He uses that staff to pluck us out of danger. Sometimes we get too close to the cliffs or too far away and we're about to lose our footing and perish, but the Lord takes that staff and he rescues us. He plucks us up out of the danger. You see, we're entering into this year. We've got all kinds of bad news all around us, but there's good news for us. He is with us and he's our shepherd. So number one, we can be confident in his provision. Number two, we can be comforted by his presence. And then let me give you the third thought. Number three, be courageous in the shepherd's power. Not in your strength, but in his. Be courageous in the shepherd's power. I do not have to live in fear because the Lord is near and he is with me. Verse five, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now remember who wrote these words. It was David, right? David the king, David the anointed king. David who delivered Israel with the stone by defeating the giant. And what, how was David rewarded? Well, he was rewarded by Saul with jealousy. And Saul began to question uh, David and uh, Saul falsely accused David of, of betraying him and being disloyal to him. And there was a place at the table of Saul, at the king's table, there was a place there for David. But eventually David lost that place. He could not return to that table because Saul was seeking to kill him. It was too dangerous. In fact, Jonathan warned him finally. He said, my father is trying to kill you. You need to leave. You see, there was no table for David. So what did he do? He fled. He couldn't even stay in his own home. He fled into the wilderness, into the caves of Engedi, and into the rocks and the dens of the wilderness, uh, eventually finding himself living even among the Philistines. But what did God do? God supplied a table for him. You remember the event when David went up to Nabal. He sent his men to Nabal. He had protected Nabal's sheep and Nabal's farm from the Philistines. Saul had failed to do so, but David did so. And so he just simply sent his men to, to Nabal to ask if during the time of his abundant harvest that he would share some of it with David and his men. The Bible said Nabal was a churlish man, he, and uh, he it means he was an angry man. He was an un, ungrateful man. He was a cruel man. And he spoke very cruel words to David's men, and he even accused them of being disloyal to Saul. Well, David was very angry, and remember, he was going up to really to just execute vengeance upon Nabal. Nabal's wife, Abigail, had found out the foolishness of Nabal, and she heard that David was coming, and so she said to her servants, let's put some food together and let's get some drinks together and some refreshing things. And they carried them on the backs of the donkeys, and they met David along the way. She implored and reasoned with David that he would not execute vengeance on Nabal and that he would receive 
this gift from her hand. And David and his men were refreshed. With enemies all around the Philistines, Saul and his army, Nabal and his criticism, with the enemies there, with no place at the king's table, what did God do? He prepared a table before him. I want to tell you, we are living in a world that is hostile, a world that hates Christianity and what the Bible teaches. I hope you understand the level uh, of hatred and animosity that this world holds for the church of Jesus Christ. They are no friend to, to, the, to the cause of Christ. That's the system of this world. It is governed and led by Satan himself. And they will not rest, our dear friends, until they have silenced the voice of every believer. Now, they'll never do that, but that's their goal. And they will find no rest until they do. But in the midst of that hostility, in the midst of that enmity, what does God do for us? He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Just to say, I've got power here, fellas. You enemies think you're going to overthrow me. You're not. You enemies think you're going to overthrow my children. You're not. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to make a dining room right for them in the midst of the battlefield. Isn't God good? Oh, I want to tell you that while our politicians and policymakers uh, have done everything they can to make it difficult for the church of God, God has used some of those very policies to advance his church. And we are feasting on a table in the presence of our enemies. And God is going to take care of you in the presence of yours. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. God is abundantly, wonderfully, powerfully providing for his people. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Listen, God will never forsake us. Spurgeon said these are God's footmen. Goodness and mercy, they go and they smooth out the way for the, for the traveler. And I want to tell you, we have the goodness of God and the mercies of God every day. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You say, Pastor, if I get sick and die or a loved one gets sick, gets sick and dies, imagine how dreadful that would be. And it would be dreadful. I think about this dear family with this precious little eight-year-old girl, her life tragically taken. Let me tell you whether she is tonight, or this morning rather. She's in the arms of Jesus. She's in the arms of Jesus. And who knows, who knows what bereavement and difficulty she was spared by the mercy of God. None of us know those things. I've thought of this often in recent days with the sickness of my own grandson. We must cast ourselves on the Lord. We must rest in him. We must trust in him. We must be courageous in the shepherd's power. We are not to live in fear and fret. We're to live by faith. The world is looking for people who navigate this life in faith. May God help us to be that people. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear 
no evil, for thou art with me. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.